Folks, I don't know whether it is that I can't see very well this morning. It comes and goes. Probably happen, happens every four or five, six Sundays. But I am having trouble seeing, so if I slow down or pause for a minute, don't think any worse of me than I just can't see very well. If you will, please, Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I gave this sermon the title, Prejudices. Oh, we got them. And I did not know that the Bible spoke so clearly about this very sin that we have, that we deal, try to deal with. Jesus prayed in the 17th chapter of John that we all might be unified with him like he is unified with the Father. And one day I think we'll be there. I know we will when we get face to face with him. but it's a process from salvation to face-to-face, another one of these processes that we work through to be approved of in our lifestyle by Jesus. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11, Paul and Timothy are writing to the church at Corinth. You know, Corinth was probably the most troublesome church that the apostles had in those days. This letter was written between the death and resurrection of Christ and Revelations. Revelations was in Uh, 90 Jesus supposed to have died about 33 or so so this is when that message came through the Corinthians had been saved and formed a church and from that point they got derailed and wasn't going like God wanted them to go In verse 11, Paul says, O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open to you. What that means in their speech was that everything you need to have said to you, Timothy and I are saying it. Our mouth is wide open. We're not holding back anything. We don't have any vindictiveness. We don't have a hidden agenda. We're telling you exactly like it's supposed to be. Our heart is enlarged. That part of a sentence means that what they're saying is true. Everything they're saying is true. It says in verse 12, you are not 
straightened or restricted. Another version says constrained. You are not straightened. in us, but ye are straightened in your own bowels. That's their word for affections, your mental state, what we call now your emotions. So what it's saying here, Paul is saying, you guys are believing a restricted version of what Timothy and I told you. But it's not coming from us because we're telling you the truth and we're telling you the whole truth and we're telling you nothing but the truth. He tells them, you are being restricted by your own emotions. Now there are three or four words that, that are defined by that word bowel. And one of them is emotions. Another word is prejudices. You are being restricted by the prejudices you have and not from what we've been telling you. And Corinth had a lot of prejudices. They were trying to make the born-again believers act like Jews. They had them under a, a, a restriction that they had to act like Jews. They had to, to have physical things done to them medically that would make them a Jew. They couldn't be a, couldn't be a Christian, in other words, without being a Jew. And that wasn't what Paul was called to do. And he's telling them, say, y'all are messed up because you're like that. Now for, now for a recompense in the same, I speak as unto my children. Be ye also enlarged or open and entirely of truth. Be responding to things as if they were truth instead of your restrictions that you have placed on some of the things that, that we've told you. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Apparently. What he's telling them is you are hooking up in all kind of ways with unbelievers. You're going in business with them. You're having a business that's owned halfway by each one of you. And by the way, I've learned you can't do that. One person has got to have 51% because a two-party committee can have ties. And that way they never get any business done. Be ye not unequally yoked. Now why would he put this right in behind what he's saying about they've got They've got prejudices. Because I think, like the world does today, with some of us, well, I don't see anything wrong with that. 
They don't see anything in the Bible that says that. Well, how much do you read the Bible? Well, you know. And that's the answer I usually get. I said, well, the Bible has got to answer to every problem that you've got. And what you're doing is trying to defend yourself in saying that I am not compromising because I'm in business with these unbelievers. Paul says right here, they are. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion have light with darkness? You've explained, had explained to you. Evil is darkness. Jesus' information is light. So he's talking about op- opposites here. And what, what concord hath Christ with Belial or Satan? What have they got in common? Why do they need to be dealing with each other? Or what hath he that believeth with an infidel, with an unsaved man? Now in this world and its world's activities, you're going to be surrounded by unsaved people. What Paul is saying here is don't get in a situation to where that man, that unbeliever, has more say-so in what you do than you do. Don't let somebody try to tell you something that you know to do that you know Jesus doesn't want you to do. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said. Now listen to this. We've talked about this, us being the temple of the living God. I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. You're the temple. You're the church. Wherever you go, the church goes. When everybody gets out of this room, God is not in here. You bring Christ and God and the Holy Spirit every time you come. Until when you all get here, the church is full. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Now God is saying here, you will be influenced if you get in too closely associated with the unbelievers. Now I've had it thrown in my face, well how are you going to witness to them unless you get close to them? Well you can't. But You get close to those who God sends you to. That way he has already worked with them and led them into this thing called salvation. And what you're going to do is explain it to them so they can receive it. But in your lives, living as a Christian, be very careful whom you put your soul under. Because some of them, you don't need to be there. Well, what am I going to do for my job? Ask God. That's all I can say. I don't have any advice for that. I've quit some of the best jobs in the whole country, I've been told. 
but it was places that people who did not have Jesus had too much control over my life, and I didn't want them to have that much. We've shown that we have restrictions to what we've learned, things, and we have thoughts. Now, let me say this before we go any further. I was taught things in my youth, in my church, that I have come to have to put back. And we won't go into all of them today, take too long. But I say this, this book right here is the only thing you have that you can guarantee is truth. But if you don't read it right, and if you don't understand it right, then it won't be that true. And so what we've got is a bunch of people like me all over the country standing up and explaining to people what's in the Bible. And if they get it wrong, if you believe them, you get it wrong too. We've seen some of those prejudices here and folks get so mad about them that they'll even leave a church they, they like. And we've all got them. We usually are pretty quiet about the things that we believe that people, other people we know do not believe. So there's not very many times that we get that exposed to everybody. But what I've seen since I've been here is that you almost to 100% have been taught, and, and when we face those things that you have been taught, and I put before you a different interpretation, most of you have said, well, I'm going to stay, I'm going to listen, and I'm going to see what you come up with, and then I'll ask God to tell me what to believe. That is the proper way to do it. And some, too, some people believe truth out of our Bible that they can't prove. And I have asked people who openly challenge the things that I said, and I said, show me in Scripture where it says what you say. I've never had anybody to do that. So... And when I do, I change my ways. <laughs> Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This, this I think, involves what Paul was talking about, and we find ourselves in a little bit the same place that the church at Ephesus and Corinth and everywhere else. This new thing has come in and walked on and it's got things that we never even thought about that they're telling us we need to believe and whether or not I can believe them or not. In chapter 2 and verse 9, but as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard 
neither have entered into the heart of man. Now, he got it pretty well covered right there. You hadn't seen it. You hadn't heard it. And it's never entered into your heart what God is telling us about our relationship. The things which God hath prepared for them that love him. We don't know. But God hath revealed them to us by his spirit. That's the way we get it. Out of the book. Or by another man's spirit that God is leading and has control of to teach us the book like it's written. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man, which is in him? Nobody knows me like my spirit that is in me. Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. So what I'm saying is what's been taught to us in other places. The Spirit of God teaches us the things of the Spirit. So to be a spiritual man, you have to be taught by the Spirit of the things that Jesus wrote. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So the only thing we can get, the only place we can get, the true meaning of the Bible is from the Holy Spirit. But the natural man, the man who is unsaved, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned. It says, I've said before in many sermons, never get in an argument with, about the Bible with an unbeliever because he, by God's own word, he can't understand it. So there's no way you can argue with him because he can come up with an argument and you know it's not right, but you can't convince him that it's not right. So what you've got to do is walk off and pray. You just walk off and pray. God can do things that we can't do. Make sure, like we heard on TV this morning, that the things you believe are grounded in what the Holy Spirit says in this book. Make sure some guy just didn't pop up and tell you it, and you figure it sounded like something good, so you believe it. I want to show you what men in the Bible with as good a credentials as you can have, have said about some of this stuff. John, in chapter 4, says there are many false prophets have gone out unto you. 
Second Peter's in chapter 2 says many false teachers are among you. There's John and Peter. They got credential. Paul in his letter to Galatians said because of false brethren brought in unawares you've listened to them and you believe them. Paul to 2 Corinthians said for such are false apostles. Now we've got false apostles in our churches. Luke in Acts wrote that there was the man was a false prophet and a false Jew. Mark said in chapter 13, for there are false prophets and false Christ. So what I'm trying to say is John and Peter and Paul and Luke and Mark, that pretty well covers the writers of the New Testament, have said that there are people among you that are lying to you. So we have to be very careful in what we believe and make a part of the spiritual house that we're building. But verse 12 of 2.9 says that we might know because we know that he lives in us. What we read a while ago. That is our security. We repeat what the Holy Spirit tells us because we know it's right. But the false teachers around us don't know the truth because the Bible is the truth and the unsaved can't understand it. And false teachers are the unsaved. They can't give you the truth out of the Bible because it's foolishness to them. They can't do it. So you got to be careful who you listen to. So who do we build our spiritual house on? On whose words? The Bible or man's words? Not man's. He who speaks may not know. Prove everything. Everything I hear, folks, that doesn't sound 100% truth to me, I have to go to the book and make sure that's what God meant when he said what he said. And it's very easy if you're not led by the Holy Spirit to think he said this and mean something else. There are very, very popular teachers and preachers on television. They're not right. They're not doing it right. And because my Bible tells me beware of an unstable, beware of an evil man because he is unstable in all his ways. I got a call about some preachers around here. 
And I had to tell them, don't recommend that man, don't recommend that man. These are preachers. And one of them had cleaned his churches out of all the funds that they had in the bank. Another preacher was preaching for him because they showed him his bank account and they said they didn't have a penny to give him. So he preached for him for nothing. So folks, what I'm trying to say is Satan has had 2,000 years just since Jesus died to get involved in all the systems of the world. And I say this, what better system that has been created in the world that Satan could get involved in that he could destroy the work of God, which is us, and whatever we do for God, better than a seminary. Better than a place that teaches preachers. Because you see, Satan, I believe, doesn't want to get noticed. So he's not going to lead somebody to do something that's absolutely apparent to everybody, even a Christian that's been only saved just a few months. He's not going to draw attention to himself by having that person do something just horrible. It's going to be little things that he slides in and just turns you a little bit this way and that way. So what I'm trying to say, Peter tells us in the end in one of his books, Try every spirit to see which ones are of God because he's teaching there that some of them are not. So I ask you, prove everything I say to yourself. If you need to go back to the Bible and see what it says, go back to the Bible and see what it says. And if any time you think I'm Sunday after Sunday teaching the wrong stuff up here, kick me out. <laughs> I got a barn I can work in as a house, but I don't enjoy that near as much as I do this. Sunday mornings have come the highlight of my whole week that I might explain God to people that might not know. And so that's the reason I do what I do, that's the reason I'm so adamant about what I say because I have proved it and proved it and proved it and I believe it's true and I want you to have truth more than anything. Let's pray. Father, keep warning us. Until I got to looking for them, I did not know there was near as many warnings and scripture to us Christians as they are. And they're absolutely everywhere. And one of them is formed a little bit different than the other. But Lord, you're telling us to respect the voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives and believe your Bible. Lord, protect us from the evil one. I'll pray that like Jesus did. And teach us like it's described 
Just say no, just like Jesus did. Say no. And if you can, give him scripture. And he'll soon turn and walk off from you and go to someone who is not quite as strong as you are. So Lord, we, 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 we thank you for this information. We thank you for your concern about us. Please lead and guide us in all that we do. Forgive us for our sins this day. Make us understand what you think so that our minds can be like Christ in whose name we pray. Amen.